welcome back to this episode of Eye of the Tigers. Today, I am joined by two special people. Count them, <laughs> one and two. <laughs> the first one um, is my new co-host, Caitlin Summers. Uh, you may remember her from the last episode where she was on with Alyssa Anderson, uh, talking about her freshman experience versus the senior experience and getting a little bit of, of advice from some upperclassmen. Caitlin, welcome. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be such a fun episode. Like, I'm, I'm really excited. Alrighty, and then our special guest for today is Chris Newton. Hello. Chris, do you want to tell uh, <laughs> you want to tell the listeners about what you do here? Oh my God, it's a, it's a mic. <laughs> I am the uh, associate director of the Pulliam Center for Contemporary Media, and I am operations guy at the radio station WGRE. But in terms of this conversation, uh, I went to DePauw and also have worked at DePauw for 34 years, so I've. Uh, heard about a lot of these things we're going to be talking about today, and I think that's why I was invited. Yes, yes. So, so yeah, today we have a little spooky Halloween episode coming at y'all. Um, I wanted to get someone who has been here for a while, who knows some like freaky stories, especially because I'm a freshman. You know, I don't know that much uh, spooky things that have happened on campus. I know East College is like super old, and oh my goodness, like a couple weeks ago, me and my friends we went in there. Let me tell you, it was so scary. Like, we walked to the top, and all the lights were off, and I thought something was going to attack me, but I just ran down the stairs and got Did you go up to the balcony, or? I don't think I made it that far. But you got to Meharry Hall, the big hall? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was spooky. Actually, by the time you leave here, you might be able to talk somebody into taking you all the way up into the bell tower. Oh, my goodness. uh, Which is pretty cool, actually. Wow. I'll have to do that for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, since we're talking about the East College, do you have any spooky stories that you know of about the East College? Absolutely. Um, you are right. <laughs> sort of a lot of things have happened here over the years. DePaul's a pretty old school, and there are uh, swimmers out in the lobby. That's what we're hearing. I right think now. they're basketball. They're are doing they their basketball? media day. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, those basketball kids. Um, I'm sure they've all been frightened in East College. It's a frightening building. Uh, it is one of the original buildings. Uh, where Royo Library is was actually West College back in the day. Uh, and so there are reports of uh, ghostly encounters in both East College and Royo. Who knows what it's like now that it's been renovated. Um, but it is understood that sometimes renovations actually bring ghosts out. So it mm-hmm. could be that they are a little more active in there now than they used to be. Um, I'll say this. I do believe that there are some weird things that happen at DePaul and there's plenty of reason why mm-hmm. uh, some of the stories I'm sure are overblown but there is truth to all of these yeah. uh, so you know take it for what you will I do tend to believe that certain things are possible I don't know that I think that you know there's a ghost sitting right next to you and I can see it right now and it's <laughs> trying to talk to me but I do believe that you know there's more than we can see so mm-hmm. uh, I think in that case Uh, These are all legends that have been around for a while. And Mm -hmm. so I I will say that they haven't gone away or been laughed off, you know. Uh, They've actually stuck. So, yeah, East College. um, Basically, I have my crib sheets here. Uh, Wow, they are really loud. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Because they're boys. Okay. Fair enough. Fair (laughs) Um, enough. So, basically, one rainy night. I was looking to see if there was a date on this. I think it was early 1900s, to be honest. Uh, a journalist, sorry, not a journalist, but I do work in journalism. So, Fair enough. a janitor 
another J word, was working in East College and he heard a woman crying and uh, moping around in Meharry Hall. And so he went around and looked and looked and looked and he finally walked into Meharry Hall uh, and there was a lady dressed in a long black coat near the stairway going into Meharry. Uh, and when he asked the lady if she was all right, she shook her head slowly in response. And then throughout his shift, he would go back because he kept hearing this lady and they would go back and he would say, you know, are, are you okay? And she would shake her head. Uh, and then uh, when he checked on her a third time, she was gone. And according to the legend, this was the ghost of an abducted girl who was hung in Meharry Hall. Wow. Oh my goodness. It is believed that her body was buried under the concrete of East College and still lurks throughout the building. Wow. So, you know what? This keeps coming up, and there are people over the years who say they have encountered this. So it's hard to say it's a joke or it's not a joke. It is completely possible that somebody was buried there before even DePaul was built. I don't think anybody was hung in Meharry Hall. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that it's quite possible that there used to be a grave or is still a grave under East College. So if you want to believe in that sort of thing, I think there's reason. Yeah. Well, I think I think there's, there's a... Um, I mean, a lot of people talk about how when you are um, on native land and yeah. you take over native land, that there's also those spirits, too, since they are so, like, um, into spirits and nature and all of that stuff. So I think um, I think there's also, like, pieces of that as well. Like, there's a sign outside the Women's Center, and it says all of the different tribes that used to live here. Right. Yeah. And... So I think that there's also like a little bit of that there too. Mm -hmm. but. I, I, I agree with that. And I think that when I think about it personally, or if I were to speak plainly about what I believe, uh, that to me is more likely than that, like a student was hung in East mm -hmm. College. Or, uh, I just, I don't think that's true. But I do believe that if there are spirits, it is completely likely that uh, there were things going on where East College stands mm -hmm. yeah. um, that may have fed into that. Uh, another really cool thing that not a lot of people remember is Sellers Cave. Uh, so Sellers Cave was a cave system that ran under Greencastle and sort of out where Blackstock is now. And it is said connects to the Mammoth Cave system down in Kentucky. Oh. Although I can't prove that, but I have heard that that is the case. Um, and so there used to be entrances to Sellers Cave throughout campus um, around Pi-Fi and like I said out by Blackstock and I was just looking here to see if I could find the other uh, out by the cemetery oh Boone, have you heard of Boone Hutch Cemetery Boone Hutchison Cemetery it's south west of town they said the cave that was underneath Greencastle also went out as far as Boone Hutch and then became impassable but there but it was connected somehow anyway so the theory there is, um, and I, I know this to be true, there was a cave entrance out where, uh, just beyond the outside tennis courts at Blackstock, mm -hmm. that yeah. years ago they closed it in and made it so people couldn't go in there anymore. But I know in the early 1900s, up to like the 1950s, people were going out there and going into that cave. Uh, and then again, there were entrances on campus. One of them I know was supposed to be by Pi-Fi, and even north of campus. Uh, one of the legends is that is sort of almost verifiable but not 100 percent. but one of the legends is that it was used as part of the underground railroad after I was ask that. exactly yeah. for the civil war they would jump off the tracks when they'd get up here and they would hide in that cave system 
uh, until they were able to figure out a way to get down further into Kentucky or from, I'm sorry, other way, coming from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the map cave is. But anyway, so they were trying to head north, uh, but they would jump off here and they would hide in the caves. Um, it is said that it wasn't a very great time and they didn't have a lot of food and some of them were sick and some of them were injured. And so it is said that a lot of people died in that cave uh, and that uh, even local people uh, mm-hmm. ended up going down in there, especially like up to the 50s, and some of them got caught and died in there. So, you know, there I don't know of any specific stories, but I've all heard all my life that part of that cave system is haunted. And if you hear things or, you know, if you're uh, at certain parts of campus or out by Blackstock and you hear voices or you hear crying or maybe even see something, it might be because of the Sellers cave system. So there are things we can verify about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did exist. It was closed up. It w- probably was a part of the Underground Railroad. Uh, I mean, my sister has a house in town mm-hmm. that was supposedly on the Underground Railroad. So I know there was talk about how much of that came through Greencastle coming up from Kentucky. Um, but as to whether or not there are still spirits lingering, uh, that is less specific than some of the other stories we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sellers Cave is a, a kind of a cool thing, and I kind of wish they hadn't closed it up because that's one So of... the cave still exists, but just the entrances are closed up? Correct. Wow. So caves scare me so much. Oh, like, I really? feel like I'm just gonna walk in there and get lost from the beginning. Like fair. I, I went into a cave when I was like twelve and I was I thought everything was gonna collapse on me the entire time. This part of the country is big in limestone and mm-hmm. there are a lot of caves in limestone areas and we and I think it is proven that we are connected to a lot of the cave systems down in Kentucky. Um, and you know, who knows? I think there's stuff down there we don't even know about, yeah. to be honest. Not talking about ghosts, but, you know, just things mm-hmm. in caves that we just haven't encountered. We know less about caves than we do about the sea, you which, know, the ocean, which yeah. we know very little about. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, You know, so, yeah. So, Sellers Cave, that was one of them. That'd be really interesting to, like, try and excavate that and, like, look and, like, go down in there and just, yeah. like, look around just for a, make it a winter term. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm no, kidding. Don't actually, do don't do that in the snow, but make make it a May term. Yeah. Make it a May term. Yeah. Well, uh, I think in this age of lawyering and such, uh, you know, they decided they didn't want to have to worry about that's fair, like liability there. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, yeah. But I know that for a time it was open, uh, and I you know I I knew where the entrance was back before they renovated everything mm-hmm. out at Blackstock and you know because it used to just be a big field <laughs> yeah so we used to I grew up here and I used to play back there all the time and I know exactly where the entrance was mm-hmm. out there I'd never seen any on campus but pretty cool uh you want to hear about uh, something in the library yes yeah. all right all right at some point I'll break out <laughs> <laughs> that was so when you did that for the Adams family oh. it was so good it was literally it set the mood I loved it it was so good well in my previous life I did more of that <laughs> lately you'll mostly hear me on phone answering machines so. Uh. Um, so in Royo West uh, the main story for Royo is that there was a book called the poems of Ossian the son of Fingal written by the former Indiana governor, James Whitcomb. And, uh, there, and the, the book itself wasn't haunted, but apparently the story is that he would come and uh, berate like students who didn't turn the book back in or who kept the book too long. Or this, or, and so he'd get grumpy about people who mistreated the book in some fashion. And so 
that I find that interesting. I, I didn't realize Whipcomb was involved, but I have heard the stories about the ghost near archives who um, apparently is supposed to be Governor Whitcomb, who wants to know about what's going on with his book. Uh, a few years ago, uh, there was a group that was brought in, uh, Hoosier State Paranormal, that was oh, brought wow. in to do some work in there to see whether or not they could catch anything in the archives, and they did. Oh my goodness. Uh, so they caught some light um, that they weren't able to explain in the archives, oh. and they also uh, asked uh, the whereabouts of Governor Whitcomb. Governor Whitcomb, are you here? You know, this sort of thing. And apparently mm-hmm. they caught uh, an EVP where he says, I'm dead. Wow. Uh, and this is an external group who was yeah. doing this. So, That's I mean, crazy. this is a little more, uh, you know, uh, verifiable data than do we you know, have is it, Do you know if there's a way to find, like, that, like, uh, so they captured it. So I'm, I'm assuming that they, like, were recording or something. So. so, like... So I'm wondering if there's a way to find that uh, investigation. Hoosier State Paranormal, if they're still around, they should have some sort of presence on the web somewhere. But like even, a YouTube channel or something I would like guess. that. Yeah. I don't know how long. I think, I mean, it's been within the last 10 or 15 years, I think, um, that they came and did that. So I think, yeah, there's every, there's every good reason. I think, it, I think it would be really interesting to have another group come out and, like, do something like that, especially with a lot of the newer um the newer like techniques that they're mm-hmm. using now i agree i was gonna say we get like some rim pods yeah. some spirit boxes see what goes off it's you know it's a lot just like how uh computer technology has made it so that everybody can do something on garage band mm-hmm. or everybody you know can do video and audio on their phone um there are a lot of things available to just regular people who want to just go pick them up and go out and do stuff yeah uh, and so i think yeah i think that's great I think that would be fun to do. Uh, rather, you know, not a fake haunted house, but a real uh, haunted house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. What else do we have? Edna Collins Bridge. Have you heard about that? Maybe. Possibly. I haven't. Edna Collins Bridge. It's in Putnam County. It's not at DePaul, but it's another Putnam County haunting mm-hmm. that is generally believed. Uh, Edna Collins was a youngish girl up in Clinton Falls, which is the northwest part of the county. It's not far from here. And if you haven't been there, before you graduate, you should go look at Clinton Falls. It looks like something out of The Hobbit. I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, It's a little village with some small falls and a creek and up on hills and things like that. Uh, And they have, it's actually the shortest um, covered bridge in the county, um, but one of the older ones, too. And it actually ended up, it replaced a cement bridge. They decided it would be better to build this other kind of bridge. So anyway, neither here nor there. So this woman, Edna Collins, little girl, actually, uh, was out playing. She, it was her um, tradition to go out and play at the bridge uh, with her dog. And her parents, when it was time to come home, would drive through the bridge and honk three times, and she would come and jump at the I dog, do know this story. And yeah. she would leave. Yeah. What year are you? I'm a senior. Okay, you would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so she uh, died. And we're not sure it's foul play. We're not sure if she just fell and drowned or something like that. Um, and so her parents came to pick her up one night uh, or early evening, and she didn't respond. And they finally found the body later, and it was face down in the water. Oh and they don't my know why. Goodness. So that part is true. <gasps> Um, there was an Edna Collins, and she did die in the river. So the story is that if you drive through the bridge, like at dusk, when they would have come to pick her up and honk three times, you'll be able to hear her in some fashion, and some people say even see her 
um, down by the river. Wow. Um, the other thing is, part of the story that I'm not, I haven't been able to verify, but that is part of the story, is that her mom then killed herself and also inhabits that area around the bridge. And I'm not sure what you have to do to get her to come out, but mm -hmm. she's somebody that people say they have actually seen um, close to the bridge mm -hmm. when they call for Edna. And sometimes they say the mom will come out too. I have not experienced that one, but that story, uh, part of that story is true. Uh, and the ghost part of it, you know, I have been to the bridge at night uh, and it is kind of freaky. Uh, it's also been said too that like when people have driven away, when they got out of the car, you could see like the little handprint. Exactly on, on, the, on the window. Yes. Yeah. If you leave their, your car there, yes, sometimes yeah. yes, that is true. That's mm. absolutely. Yeah, true. I had I had some friends um, last year who wanted to freak out another friend, and so they told them the story and they brought them to the bridge. And then they, well, they brought him to the bridge and then told him the story. And then they got back in the car and locked it so he couldn't get back in. <laughs> they started to drive away just to pretend, and he just, like, freaked out about it. So now he hates that bridge. But, but yeah. Um, it, it's also been said, too, that, like, uh, well, uh, actually, a lot, of, a lot of people believe that um, water is a, like, conduit for, for spirits. And so, like, if it, it makes sense that more of more sightings or whatever happen you can around. He, happen around mm -hmm. bo that body of water, especially because she died there too. But yep, no, I've also heard that. Um, it's yeah, there. You know, I'm hoping in retirement maybe to get a little deeper into some of this stuff. <laughs> yes. uh, the stuff. The stuff you can actually. I've actually uh, did a little ghost hunting in my sister's house. It's one of the older houses in town that's still standing. And um, it's, you know, there are things that just don't immediately make sense yeah. mm -hmm. when they happen. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know. And it's not all in my head, you know. I'm like, my uh, daughter and I have gone out and uh, I don't know. There's some of this stuff I think, you know, that's plausible. But have you heard about Pearl Bryan? No. No. Pearl Bryan. That <laughs> is the biggest Putnam County death. Uh, and if, you, if anybody ever watches the ghost hunting shows... Um, a lot of people have talked about Bobby Mackey's music world yes. down in Kentucky. Yeah. That's Pearl Bryan, and she was from Greencastle. Okay. So she was a she was the daughter of a rich man in town, and she fell in with a guy. I'm not sure if he went to DePaul, but he was studying to be a dentist, and um, she ended up getting pregnant. And I think you can see where this is going. So, uh, of course, that just couldn't be. And so he convinced her to go with him to Cincinnati, where he and a friend were going to try and uh, do some sort of a chemical abortion. So mm -hmm. they tried different things to try and make her, you know, lose mm -hmm. the baby. And it didn't work, and it didn't work. So then they decided they were going to take it further, but they were trying to figure out where they could go, where they could get away with it. So they went down to a little town in Kentucky, just south of uh, Cincinnati, right across the river from Cincinnati. And this is where they tried to give her an abortion, and uh, apparently things went so badly that they ended up deciding that it'd be easier if they just killed her. So it'd wow. just be easier if we just kill, killed Pearl. Yeah. Uh, so they actually separated her head, which has never been found. They did no. find the body, and they were able to identify it because she had a very special kind of shoes that her father had got for her. And this body was wearing those shoes. And they're like, well, that's Pearl Bryant. She's from Greencastle. So the body is actually buried here in our cemetery, which you should go out to 
uh, and uh, wander around in. It's at her graves. The Bryan family is closest to the road, not the first uh, line, I don't think, but it's it's real close to the uh, road that goes past the cemetery on the north end. So if you do go over there, you can find the Bryan grave. And a lot of people have actually torn up her headstone because they want a piece of that Pearl Bryan story, you know, which is stupid. It's sad. <laughs> but um, anyway, so they never found the head. So there are stories that have gone on for years about uh, seeing a headless body wandering around out there and also a body with a head wandering around out, around out there, which doesn't necessarily have to be Pearl Bryan. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that story is such that some people think they've just seen the head. Mm-hmm. Um, the story was that they thought they threw it down a well in Kentucky, but they weren't ever able to verify that. And once they figured out what body it was, they did look. But um, yeah, so the Pearl Bryan story actually is like national news. Um, and even I didn't realize, I knew the Pearl Bryan story. I didn't realize she came from Greencastle until like 15, 20 years ago wow, when yeah. it was like, oh, goodness, <laughs> that's yeah. local legend. That's what that is. Yeah. Um, So they did it in this abandoned slaughterhouse. That was actually a really good noise for uh, (laughs) a It was. Werewolves. (laughs) Um, In Wilder, Kentucky. And that slaughterhouse was then turned into uh, a music um, venue. And then that music venue, there was a woman who also died pregnant. Um, And so that... That spirit has sort of gotten wrapped up in the Pearl Bryan story. But then it was turned into a place called Bobby Mackey's Music World, which is open to this day and which you can take uh, ghost trips mm-hmm. into at night. Um, but when you hear about it or when you hear people talk about it or if you see it on one of the ghost shows, that's Pearl Bryan. And she came from Greencastle and she's buried here. And people think they see her out in the graveyard. I think I, I know Ghost Adventures does at least one episode out there, and I'm trying to. And then there are other like uh, there are other like YouTubers who mm-hmm. who have um, been there multiple times. I'm trying to think of who else I remember going out there. Yeah, Ghost Adventures uh, went there twice. They went there yeah. early in their show, and then they went back just a few years ago uh, to redo it. Um, and they were just as freaked out then as they were the first time. There are other shows that have been there. I'm yeah. trying to remember mm-hmm. too. Um, I, I don't like watch every show and, you know, think, oh my goodness, yeah you know, it's all true, but I just, I think the guy, I think, um, what's his name? Um, the, the guy, the main guy in ghost adventures, oh, Zach Bagans, he is yeah. so funny. Like he to is. just, to watch him and listen to him commentate things is so funny. Yeah. No, he's, he's, <laughs> there, there are a lot of things going on in that show. Yeah. When, when one of them is Zach. Um, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate some of the shows that are actually kind of boring because it's like, well, at least you're not making stuff up. Yeah. No, for you real. Know, if you're you spent not like the, being overdramatic about exactly. it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you spent the whole night in the house and you don't have anything to show for it, it's probably not haunted, you know, yeah. this kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but there are some shows that, you know, it seems pretty realistic to me. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. I think, I think you do sort of have to have an experience that you can't explain before you're willing to think about, is this actually a possibility? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think everyone, <laughs> yeah, I, for me, it was, uh, well, how old was I? 26, 27, something like that, when something happened in a house where we were living, and I was just like, I don't know how to explain that. And then over the years, every so often, something will happen, and I'll just be like, I don't know what that was. Mm-hmm. You know, like I heard my dog who died walking around in the basement and her neck her uh, collar jingling and things like that I was like what is that mm-hmm. yeah. you know that sort of thing um but if you haven't experienced it it's hard to really 
believe in all of this. Mm -hmm. And in terms of these stories, you know, like I said, factually, a lot of this did happen. Yeah. Um, but how we interpret it is up to us. Um, but I do believe there are things that go on that we don't really aren't really able to put our finger on. We yeah. just don't know all the answers. I laugh at people who think that science has gone as far as it can go because it hasn't. Yeah. Well, you and know. I think I think so, I think like some people say that they believe, but there's always going to be like that shadow of a doubt if you haven't had because you could watch people investigate all you want, but like at what point do you stop questioning? Oh, you know, maybe you made that up a little bit mm -hmm. versus yeah, you know. Because there are, there are some groups that do it really well, but then there are others where you're just sitting there and you're like, I can't, I can't figure out if this is yeah. real or not. If you, try, if you try to tell me that a piece of dust in the air yeah. is an orb. Oh, my then, goodness. Yeah. You know, I'm probably not going to believe that. The orbs are iffy for me. Yeah. yeah. Even, some of, even some of, like, the spirit box sessions that they've mm -hmm. done, like, those I'm also kind of iffy on. However, when they do get answers that, like, are answering the questions that they're actually asking or, you know, whatever, that's where I have a little bit more, I tend to believe a little bit more yeah. rather than just the random things that are said. Or when one of the people's names shows up on it and and they're just like, like that, you're mm -hmm. you're just like, how, how, how could they have possibly said that on just a random, like, mixing through right. channels and stuff mm -hmm. like that, so... Right. Have you heard of the Estes method? Yes, yes, I have. I love the Estes method. See, that to me has some credibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they're not supposed, if, you know, assuming it's real, yeah. then they're not supposed to be able to hear what the questions are. And some yeah. of the groups actually sit in other rooms yeah. and ask mm -hmm. questions. So I've, I've seen it. I've question. seen it where they've been on two different floors right, too. Exactly. So, for those of you who don't know, the Estes method is a method of um, communication with spirits, allegedly, mm -hmm. um, where someone will put on noise canceling headphones. They'll be connected to a spirit box, and sometimes they'll even wear a blindfold mm -hmm. um, just to like desensitize themselves to the room. And then the rest of the group will ask questions um, geared towards the spirits. Whatever comes through on the spirit box, the person with the headphones on will say out loud, and then it kind of just, the communication kind of just goes from there. And sometimes it's eerie how yeah. close they are yeah. in answering the questions. So, yeah, yeah. That, that blows me away. Mm -hmm. when it, have either of you seen, uh, it's not really DePaul stuff, but have, you, have, the, have either of you seen, uh, I think it's Living for the Dead on Hulu? I no, no, I haven't. It's from the people who did Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Okay. Uh -huh. And so basically it's queer ghost hunters who go out and do their thing in different haunted places around mm -hmm. the country. And uh, my wife and I just watched it over the last week. It's not bad. Okay. There's some, uh, there's some interesting stuff that goes on there, and not the least of which is they all have interesting stories. Yeah. It's kind mm -hmm. of fun to get into and yeah. uh, learn about them. But it's some of the stuff they do is... You just have to, you know, because a lot of things like psychics, uh, there's been a lot of debunking of psychics, mm -hmm. um, but there are some psychics who don't really make that big a deal of it. Yeah. And they just happen to rewrite a lot about stuff. And uh, that's what this, this show kind of feels like. You know, there's some people and obviously they have big personalities and obviously yeah. they, you know, they're here to do a show that people actually want to watch. But there's some stuff that happens in that show that I think yeah. actually is pretty decent. I'm a, I'm a big fan of um, the Overnight channel on YouTube. Mm -hmm. They do a really good job of their investigations. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I, I love Sam and Colby. I, they, yeah, they I, just, I've watched yeah. them too. They just came out with their second episode last night. 
They're, they stayed. They stayed for a week in the, the in the Conjuring House. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So. There's some crazy stuff happening right well, now. Well, that place, yeah. There are some houses I just wouldn't go in on principle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is one of them. <laughs> that, that's fair. That is fair. It's like no, I'm sorry. It's just a little. Well, uh, uh, speaking of, I didn't even think about this, but you know about the Indiana Indiana Asylum up by Rockville? No, no. So the Indiana Asylum is uh, just a few miles east of Rockville on 36. Mm-hmm. And it is an old asylum. Uh, they use it for TB. They use it for mental patients. They use it for just medical care. But it's a campus of buildings in the middle of nowhere that has now it's kind of run down. And, you know, it's obviously been left alone. <laughs> Excuse me. But you can edit that out, right? Me having a coronary in the room? Uh, anyway. Um, I, mean, I don't usually edit Or podcasts, for Halloween, but... we leave it in. Maybe I'm <laughs> speaking to you from the other side. <laughs> um, but it is amazing up there, and they do make it open for ghost hunting. Mm-hmm. Oh. And there are um, Project Fear um, has been up there, um, and another group. I don't. I don't think Ghost Adventures has, um, but there are a couple of groups that have actually been to the Indiana Asylum, and it is creepy as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And there, I mean, just many people died out there, and a lot of stuff was done out there that probably shouldn't have been. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and it's pretty amazing. And I would encourage you, if you're interested at all, uh, to go up there. There's a, they're, they're on the web, so you can actually mm-hmm. sign up for time over mm-hmm. the web and go up there, and you can have it for a whole night, or you can even have a wedding up there if you wanted to. Wow. Uh, which is a little for beyond the, for what the I would diehard, want. Uh, <laughs> diehard ghost people. But you can spend the night in, the, in one of the buildings if you want, and it is creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is an amazing place. But, yeah, that, so not so much all the paw stuff, but there is a lot of haunted there are a lot of haunted stories uh, in Putnam County, and I think probably every county has their stuff that they're sort of oddly proud of. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, but there's a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. in Putnam County. Well, so. I know I know you said that you've had your own like weird experiences, but have you ever had one uh, at DePaul, like walking through one of the buildings and something like just didn't feel right, didn't sit right with you? Hmm. You know, when we first built this building, um, it took me a while. Now, I would go anywhere in this building with the lights off without any... I mean, mm-hmm. this is... I know everything that's happened in here. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I... This is my building, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, eh, I'm not afraid of this building. But there was a time uh, where it did feel sort of odd in here. But um, I think probably East College is the only place that I've ever felt like I was not alone. Um uh, I worked here over the summers uh, for some of the years that I went to DePaul, and mm-hmm. so I would have to spend time in some of these buildings, you know, looking around, doing work, setting up for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really one of the only buildings where I just really always felt like there was more going on in there than. Uh, uh, so I wouldn't say like it ran me off, but it was I was uncomfortable being in that building alone. Yeah. And I'm sure the people whose offices are over there are fine with it now. Yeah. But I think there is something to walking into a building and not feeling welcome or not feeling at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, Or I, even just that you're not alone. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. I've never felt anything in like Asbury or Harrison, um, uh, oddly enough, or any of the dorms. Um, it's unfortunate that uh, Rector is gone. Rector was uh, an interesting yeah. dorm. Um, and... Uh, What's the one over Longdon? Longdon Hall mm-hmm. actually probably has more 
uh, stories in any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the older ones on yeah. campus. Uh, but they've done so much renovation in there. I mm-hmm. don't know. Well, it's uh, funny. It's funny that you say that like you've never had an experience in the dorms because my residents the other day actually um, asked me if Jordan was haunted, and I was like. All right, do you know how old Jordan is? And yeah. I said, no. And I said, it was opened like three years ago. So, no, it's not haunted. And someone, and they were like, someone told me it is. And I said, how? It's only been open for three years. Well, and I've been here for all three of those years. Right. I would know. Yeah. It could be that Vernon Jordan stops by to see how his hall is doing. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't put it past him. He was now, if Hogate was, yeah. was haunted, I would totally believe that. I actually lived in Hogate for a while, and that that building was interesting. Uh, I never felt like it was haunted, but it did feel like it had a history, you know. Yeah. Uh, And you could get lost in Hogate. The way it was designed, it was Mm -hmm. easy to get lost in Hogate, which was also strange. It's it's so weird because when I when I was visiting DePaul, the first time I visited, I stayed with softball people in Hogate, and then like thinking back to my visit versus thinking to like what campus looks like now. Yeah. It hasn't even. It's been five or six years now and it looks so different yeah. than when it did uh i'm sorry that you two never saw bowman gym uh, oh my god bowman gym was amazing uh it's in the field next to the green center uh, i'm sorry you never saw the old music school which was next to bowman gym in the field uh, where or the or the or the, yeah. or the fountain in bowman or the well oh. the fountain my daughter used to feed the fish in the fountain i mean it was just oh it just yeah. you know we used to have some interesting stuff out yeah. there oh. menschel lab was uh, right where the Hoover Hall is now. Mitchell mm-hmm. Lab was the science building for a very long time. Um, well, and I heard Longden used to be the the dining. It, it had something like dining in it, whether it was like the C store or yeah. Oh, yeah. it was like actually a... No, Longden, back in the day when DePaul ran their own food services, yeah. uh, not to <laughs> talk about things <laughs> that have nothing to do with ghosts, but... Uh, there were there were lots of different places to eat on campus. Mm-hmm. There was a time when every building had its own cafeteria, mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, like Mason and and uh, Lucy would eat at Rector, but that North Dorm, you know, mm-hmm. would eat there, and Hogate would eat at Hogate, and Longden mm-hmm. would eat at Longden, and BR would eat at Longden. And yeah, because they would take the tunnel. Exactly, and there was a tunnel between. Uh, the three in North Quad too, so that really? you could actually, yeah, absolutely. So uh, you could do your Walk of Shame underground. So wow, as I might have been known to have done at one point. Oh anyway, goodness! Um, but it's yeah. So there, yeah, there used to be a lot more places to eat. Uh, it used to be all the paw people doing all that. I have nothing against Bon Appetit, but I'm mm-hmm. just saying it was different when you could go down and eat in your dorm in your slippers. You know, so. I would use I would use a lot more meal swipes if I could just walk downstairs and do it, yeah, instead yeah. of across no. campus. No, and like uh, during finals, they would just stay open all day, so you could just go down and sit in the dining oh, wow. room. Oh wow, so nice! Uh, and drink coffee and study yeah. and have a bagel, you know, mm-hmm. and you didn't ever have to get dressed. So it just yeah, that I miss that. Yeah, I miss that part of DePaul. Um, but some of the stuff they've done, like, uh, <laughs> again, this is more of a history lesson than about ghosts, <laughs> but, you know, there was a time where, uh, before cell phones, where, like, if you lived in Mason, um, and somebody called you, there were two phones on every floor. There was one on the west side and one on the east side of every floor of Mason. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, on your floor, um, you would have a certain like ring for you and 
and then it would the ring would be uh, it's for you, and then whether it was the east or west phone, you know, so it was like you had to learn this Morse code, wow. and then you'd run to that phone, and the dorm <laughs> mom, because every dorm had uh, usually a woman who ran the dorm, mm-hmm. would send the call to that phone, and you would hear these rings, and you'd go, oh, that's for me, and you'd run down, and oh, that's what it was. They had a ringer in every room. So the, oh. ring, the ring would be like one ring for the person whose name was closest to the beginning of the alphabet mm-hmm. and two rings for the person who was, you know, closer to the end of the alphabet. And then one ring if it was on the east end and one ring if it was on the west end. And so you'd say, oh, mm-hmm. that's for me on the west end. And you'd run down and you'd take it. So, I mean, that, wow. that's the way it used to be. Wow. <laughs> the land uh, before cell phones. That's right. Literally. Wow. Alrighty. Well, thank you for coming on today. This yeah. has been a really fun episode. That it was great. It is my pleasure. I enjoyed hearing all the spooky stories. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully you're here long enough to have some of your own. Yeah. <laughs> all righty, everybody. Well, that has been Eye of the Tigers this week. Uh, stay tuned in for next week's episode. Me and Caitlin will figure out what we're going to do. Haven't decided yet. Yeah, we'll figure, we'll it, figure out. it out. All righty. And with that, stay tuned in, Tigers. <laughs>